For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome back to the 49ers Rush Podcast. Oh man, I don't know if you can feel it, but football is in the air. It is right around the corner. Everybody is reporting today and tomorrow will be the very first practice. So what we're going to do today, we're going to get into, we're going to go through camp and kind of what that's going to look like with the preseason football schedule. Then after that, we're going to go through three of the most significant offensive camp battles for starting positions. So that's kind of what we're going to do. First off, just want to say thanks to everybody that's been following and all the questions and comments on Twitter. That's been wonderful. If you have any questions or concerns or comments, you want us to talk about something here, reach out to us on Twitter. It's JL underscore Chapman. That's JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And also, quick side note, started a fantasy football podcast. So if you are interested in that, just look up my name. So if you already subscribed to me on iTunes, just look up John Chapman on iTunes. And you'll see the Fantasy Football Podcast. It's got the question mark on there and the Ron Burgundy logo. So go ahead and hit that and uh, see what you think of that. Fantasy Football is right around the corner. It's almost like a holiday. I can't wait for practice to start tomorrow. So let's jump right into it. So for our camp dates, all the players are reporting today, Thursday. And basically today is just kind of a chill day. They have meetings and physicals for the veterans and make sure everybody's ready to go. Sometimes conditioning tests, so on and so forth. But the first practice is going to be on Friday, the 28th. Training camp is three full weeks. They'll go all the way through Thursday, August 17th, uh, which is interesting because technically that's even after the very first game is played, the preseason game at Kansas City on August 11th. But training camp lasts for three full weeks. Quick side note is the NFL has changed the way that they are doing cuts from now on. So if you remember in the past, there used to be three cut dates. Uh, where you would start with the giant roster and you twiddle down to 75 and then all the way down to 53. Uh, they've axed that, which is great. And so they do not have to make their final cut down. There's only one giant cut and to where they go down to the 53-man roster. That's after preseason is over. So 
good thing is we'll get a better look at a lot of the bubble-type players, and hopefully this will give some of our undrafted free agent rookies and some of the guys with outside shots a better chance at making the roster. So keep that in mind. Now, the players will get one day off a week. First time is Sunday, next week Sunday, then Friday. They even get a travel date built in there because the very first game is going to be August 11th at Kansas City. So basically six days of work a week to get them back into shape and things like that. And now let's let's jump into our major camp battles. We're going to be breaking down three different ones. Before I get into running backs, I've just got to, I've got to make myself I got to clear the air a little bit on all these Carlos Hyde rumors. So if you've been active on anything, whether that's fantasy football, Twitter, NFL news, all you have heard is negatives about Carlos Hyde. And there was even a rumor out from Roto World, which I, I love those guys, but they said that it's possible that Carlos Hyde could be cut. This is absolutely ridiculous and beyond ignorant. So let's go into why Carlos Hyde will not be cut. It's because, one, he's still on his rookie deal. Now, he's in the last year of his rookie deal, and he only costs about $1.1 million this year against the cap. Now, for a starting running back caliber person, whether you like Carlos Hyde or if you're the new front office, you don't. That doesn't matter. That is value and super cheap. Not to mention, on top of that, we have the most cap room in the entire NFL, so we're not even against the issue of cap space. And if you cut them, you get to save 900000 Now, here's why you, against the cap. Now, here's why you wouldn't do that. If you cut Carlos Hyde now, you have 0% chance of getting a compensatory pick for him in the following draft. And so let's look a little bit at what type of comp pick we would get. Because again, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year, and he can sign wherever he wants. And, you know, everything's looking now like the front office is not a huge Carlos Hyde fan, and that's okay. So let's say he walks and he goes somewhere else. The last time we lost a running back was Frank Gore, who didn't sign for very much. My guess is if Carlos Hyde was to sign somewhere right now, he'd get about $4 million a year. That's similar to what Gillis Lee got this year with um, New England. I think he'd get about that money, not top-tier money. But that, if he started for a full year somewhere else, which with his injury concern, I get it, and that amount of money, that'd be equivalent of getting a fifth-round comp pick next year. And if we cut him... We're just throwing that away. So even if you don't like him, even if you're just like, gosh, I hate Frank Gore. He doesn't fit our system. Or Sorry, Frank Gore, Freudian slip there. We should always keep Frank Gore. But anyway, back to Carlos Hyde. If we don't like Carlos Hyde, he doesn't fit our system. We should get rid of him. That's ridiculous. You just roster him for a year. You use him as a short down or short yardage and goal line back. And then he'll walk the next year and you get a fifth round pick. So there is zero reason to cut this guy. One, he's an all-out football player that gives all he's got on every single play. Nobody has issues with him in the locker room. He is absolutely will be a 49ers this year. He will not be cut. So if he gets cut, then you can at me on Twitter and tell me I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you right now, the guy is going to be on the roster. So let's go through the rest of the running backs and see what's going to shake out here. Now, Everywhere that Kyle Shanahan has been an offensive coordinator, he's had a running back by committee approach. And almost the entire NFL does this now, unless you just have an absolute superstar like David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. Now, the numbers that he ran last year were pretty close to a 50-40-10 split. So at Atlanta, he had Devontae Freeman had 50% of the running back carries, and then you had Tevin Coleman get 40% of the touches, and then there were a few different people that rounded out the last 10 percent 
Also, on top of that, he's only kept three running backs on his active roster. And if you look at the signing of Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, that number's not going to go up. So we only have three running back spots. And we have a lot more than three running backs on the roster right now. So this is going to be one of the toughest fights. Now, I see our roster as having two running backs as locks to make the roster as running backs. Carlos Hyde, who we just talked about, and then the rookie draft pick, Joe Williams. Joe Williams is here to stay. I would actually put him, he has a better percent chance at making the roster than Carlos Hyde just because of the doubt that's out there. But there is no way that Joe Williams would not be number one, two, or three on a running back depth chart. He is going to be there. Now, having said that, where he finishes on that is 100% up to him. And one of the number one things that holds back rookie running backs from getting the starting job is pass protection, which he graded fairly well out at, at Utah. But he's going to have to step that up big time. So you can watch the games and see the big runs and all that stuff. If he does that, that's great. But that's not going to determine his playing or his starting chances. So I have Joe Williams as a 100% chance to make the roster. He is the closest thing to a lock as we have. Number two, Carlos Hyde, who I think is actually going to be the starting running back week one when the NFL starts. Now, he's probably not going to be the starting guy day one of training camp. And everybody on NFL Network and Twitter is going to say, Carlos Hyde's running with the threes. They've got him running with the twos. He didn't take any team one snaps. That doesn't matter. You're going to hear that. Just chill out. Just wait. This is the exact same thing Shanahan did to Devontae Freeman whenever he first got to Atlanta two years ago. Because uh, if you remember... Freeman was not their guy. He was drafted by the previous regime, and everybody's saying he doesn't fit. He's not what we want. Tevin Coleman is the guy that we want, and he's the guy we believe in. He's going to be our starter. And so they went all the way through the preseason and all the way through training camp with Tevin Coleman as the starter. But then guess what happened? Tevin Coleman got hurt. He got hurt. Devontae Freeman steps in and dominates. He put up over 1,600 total yards rushing and receiving and 14 touchdowns that year, and he has not looked back. And so it seems like Kyle Shanahan is a very loyal guy, and he wants his quote-unquote guys, but you cannot walk away from a talent that is super cheap and young and as productive as Carlos Hyde has been. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry last year, which is just, that's top-notch. That's Pro Bowl-level stuff. So you, given he's never played in this type of system, this zone running scheme that Kyle Shanahan uses, but that doesn't matter. The guy running back is one of the easiest transition positions per scheme because so much of it is instinctual. You see and you hit the hole. And so worst case scenario for Carlos Hyde, as I said a while ago, is a short yardage slash goal line back, but he's going to be on the roster. I got him as a 95% chance at making the roster. And if I was betting... Um, he will receive the most carries for the 49ers of the 2017 year. Now, the final spot, this is where it gets really, really tough because it's a three-way fight. You have Tim Hightower, who we brought over from the Saints. We have our undrafted free agent, Matt Breida, out of Georgia Southern, who is going to be just a camp favorite. All of the Niners fans are going to be calling for this guy. And then the guy we got in a trade from Denver, and that's Capri Bibbs. So, starting off with Tim Hightower. He is a coach's favorite. He is a jack-of-all-trades that is 100% fundamental and does not make mistakes. Now, the flip side of that is he's not explosive. He's not breaking big plays. He's not electrifying. He's kind of boring to watch, 
but he's a great locker room guy with a great attitude, and you know what you are going to get with him. If it's third and three, he's going to run the right route. He's going to pick up the correct blitz, and he's going to do everything right. And so he's going to be that early favorite to get that third and final roster spot at uh, running back. And it's really, to be honest with you, it's his job to lose. So I have him at a 60% chance of making the roster. And again, only one of these three guys will be on the roster when the season starts. Number two, uh, Matt Breida. Again, if you didn't listen to our last episode here at 49ers Rush Podcast, I went through and broke down three undrafted free agents, Matt Breida, Lorenzo Jerome, the free safety, and Cole Hikatini, the tight end. So if you want more detail on Matt Breida, go back and listen to that podcast. Man, I love this guy. His film is fascinating. He's out of Georgia Southern, which everybody's like, what the hell? Georgia Southern. They ran the triple option there. This guy is a freak athlete. Now, he had two great years of production and was actually a Doak Walker Award semifinalist two years ago. Sorry, three years ago as a sophomore year. Now, listen to these times and, and measurements. He ran a 4.3740, which would have been top five for running backs. He had a 42-inch vertical, which would have been top five for running backs. He had 11 11 foot two inch broad jump, which would have been top five for running backs. This guy is a freak athlete. He's short and explosive. He's had crazy production, 1,600 yards rushing two years in a row, his sophomore, junior year. But then through coaching changes and some quarterback injuries, he had a terrible senior year. And that's why he wasn't drafted. He wasn't even invited to the combine. But the talent is there, the production is there. He just had a rough year uh, with the surrounding supporting cast. Now, as I said earlier, this guy gets on the field during one of the preseason games. Everyone will love him. He looks the part, and he is just fun to watch. Now, unfortunately, I have him as only a 25% chance to make the roster, and I am rooting for this guy to make it over Tim Hightower. And the main reason why is this. Short term, weeks 1 through 10, Tim Hightower will have a greater impact on our football team in a positive way. But if we look two, three, four years down the road, this is where I want Matt Breida. Because Matt Breida, he has a chance to be a star. They're, running back is probably the clearest route for undrafted free agents to have an impact in the NFL. And I think this guy with two years of seasoning to get used to a new system, because this ain't the triple option. I mean, he's got a lot to learn, especially in blitz pickup, which I said earlier is the number one reason why rookie running backs don't get on the field. But if he gets a learning curve and he gets time to actually make the roster, I think he's going to be great. I hope we can slip this guy in on our practice squad, but I'm scared he's going to get picked up somewhere else. So that's Matt Breida. And our last one is Capri Bibbs. Uh, he's got a he's outside looking in. We got him from Denver as a throw in. For our trade, when we traded up to get Trent Taylor in the fourth round, the wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech, and he is the clearest third down back on the roster, but he has not shined in his two years in the NFL. He's only got 31 career touches and is a long shot to make the roster. I put him at 5% chance at making the roster, and that's just being nice. I really think that he has 0% chance at making this roster. So that's running backs. Now let's jump over to the wide receiver spot. Now, we have our number one wide receiver in Pierre Garçon. That's zero debate. He is there. And our slot receiver is going to be Jeremy Curley from last year. The front office basically dictated that by one of their very first moves was in giving him an extension. And so Jeremy Curley and Pierre Garçon are locked in. But our number two wide receiver spot is wide open. 
And it is a dead heat between two free agents that we brought over. Number one is Marquise Goodwin, and the second is Aldrick Robinson. So let's talk about Marquise Goodwin first. This guy is one of the fastest players in the NFL, if not the fastest. Now, he ran a 4.27 in the 40-yard dash at the combine, and he might be faster than that. Now, he is an Olympian, <laughs> which is just crazy. He he played at the University of Texas. He was a Longhorns, and he walked on the football team because he had a track scholarship. But this guy is not just a track star. He is a football player. He loves to hit. And if you go look at some of his highlights when blocking, he loves to crack back on linebackers, and he leads with his shoulders, and he hurts people. Very similar to almost Jarvis Landry football mindset, but much faster. He's a 10 to 100-meter dash guy. The guy is absolutely blazing fast. His highlight last year is whenever he burned Daryl Rivas for like a 60-yard touchdown. Um, Terrell Rivas was playing bell man technique. And so he kind of backed off to trust his speed, basically saying like, I understand you're fast. So I'm going to give you a seven, eight yard cushion, but it didn't matter. Marquise Goodman flew right past him. He's averaged 16 yards per catch as a career, which is pretty solid, but he hasn't done it on a consistent basis. Now, a lot of that's just saying, well, he was at Buffalo and you know, that wasn't really a healthy system as far as passing game goes. But we'll see. He's, he's got to make some strides. And I think the thing that sets him apart from Aldrick is how physical he is in the run game, which makes me think he's a John Lynch kind of guy. Super speed, can blow the doors off at any time, but also likes to get dirty. So I have him at a 60% chance at winning that wide receiver number two spot. And then we got Aldrick Robinson. Very similar build to Goodwin. Now he's not near as fast. I say that. He ran a 4-4-3 at the combine, which is just blazing. But when you compare that to a 4-2, it's just a little bit different. And he's a little bit more shifty than Goodwin. Goodwin's pretty tight-hipped. You're not going to see him juking guys. He's going to run past guys. Whereas Aldrick Robinson is much more shifty. Again, not consistent in his five-year career. Um, he's never had more than 20 receptions in a year. That's Aldrick Robinson. and so, But he has played three years with Kyle Shanahan. He, had, he was with them for two years in Washington and one year in Atlanta, so he's very familiar with the system. And I think that both of these guys are going to have a role on the offense, but there's going to be a huge drop-off before who, between whoever wins that number one job, that starting gig, and the guy that goes in to relieve. And so I have Aldrick Robinson at a 40% chance at winning this job. So it's, it's, this is probably the one I'm most excited about. And if you're a fantasy football player, pay attention to this. Because if you're in a deep league, whoever wins this number two gig, if you're in best ball drafts, man, pick them up. Because there's going to be games where they're going to have, you know, that 50-yard touchdown bomb. It's going to happen. So that's the wide, re uh, wide receiver two starting spot. And the last one we're going to go over today is the battle for the offensive guard. Probably going to be left guard starting opposite of Joshua Garnett, our first-round pick last year. Now, Garnett was very up and down, but he is going to get the starting job. It's just going to happen. So we've got all four of our offensive linemen. We've got four stud starters. I don't want to say four stud starters, but four solidified starters. We have Joe Staley at left tackle, who's one of the greatest 49ers offensive linemen in team history. At center, we traded for Jeremy Zutaw from the Ravens, who, you know, former pro, pro Bowl player. Then we got Josh Garnett, who we talked about at right guard, and Trent Brown, the seventh round <laughs> surprise, the big mammoth guy. Now, he doesn't fit this blocking scheme well, but he will be the starter at right tackle day one 
we don't have the competition there. I know we brought in Gilliam over from Seattle, but he's just a swing backup tackle at best. So who's going to be this left tackle? And there are three guys fighting for two spots. One will be the starter, one will be the backup, and the other one's going to get cut. And that's Zane Beatles, Daniel Kilgore, and Tim Barnes. So let's go through um, all three of these guys quickly. Now, the cool thing about all three of them is they have all played center and they have all played guard, which is huge because Kyle Shanahan values versatility a lot. And that lets you know that because these guys are all very similar and that they can play, they can black up both guard spots and center spots, you don't need more than one backup. So that allows you a roster spot somewhere else. So Zane Beatles, he played every single snap last year for the 49ers. He didn't miss one snap, which is valuable. Now, he didn't play well, but whenever you have somebody that can log that kind of snaps, that's going to be huge because it keeps your whole line fresh, everybody else, and you don't have to move stuff around. And so the guy is, he's very, very healthy, and he's the most balanced of the three when it comes to run and pass blocking. Now, he's (laughs) second in run and pass blocking efficiency behind the other guys, But again, he's balanced. He doesn't have a giant weakness or a great strength. He's just average. I think he's probably got the lead right now and a 40% chance at winning the starting job. My guess is if he doesn't win the starting gig, he will be the backup. Then we got Daniel Kilgore, who is my favorite to win this job. He's who I'm pulling for. Now, he started 13 games at center and left guard for us last year. And he has the highest pro football focus uh, run game grade. So he's very good at run blocking, but awful in pass protection. And here's why I like him. It's weird to say he's my favorite and then tell you he's awful at pass blocking. He was awful at pass blocking at center. And he was kind of on an island. And a lot of the defenses schemed to target him. Now, you move him over to left guard and you put him between two pro bowl guys and Joe Staley and Zuda then I think it's going to limit and shrink the gaps down for him and what he's going to have to do. So I think that he has a higher ceiling than the other two because he's going to be playing in a much easier position. He doesn't have to make the offensive line calls anymore. He doesn't have to think anymore near as much. He has one job, and that's just going to be controlling his gap. And so I think it's going to be a giant increase in production for him in play. As I said, he had the highest run grade. But I think he's got a 40% chance at winning this job. And if I was betting, he would be my number one guy. And then we got Tim Barnes. He came over from the Rams last year, and he did not play very well. Now, the one thing that he can do is he has a great (laughs) pass blocking grade. He is very, very sufficient at not getting his quarterback hit. But he is very soft as a run blocker and just kind of a get-in-the-way kind of guy. And so he's not going to be creating holes. Now, When we implement the zone blocking that we're going to have, these are kind of the guys that you target. But at the same time, his mentality and his play, if you watch his film, just seems soft and just doesn't really seem to fit. Now, he has the hardest hill to climb of the three. One, just being an outsider coming in. But he just has not been successful where he has been. So I put him at a 20% chance of starting and getting this gig, but to be honest with you, I think he's the most likely cut. I could definitely see Zane Beatles and Daniel Kilgore being the two that we keep from this group. So that's going to be it for today. Hopefully you enjoyed this, and practice starts tomorrow. I cannot wait, and just remember whenever it comes to running back reports, 
pump your brakes. Just because somebody is getting work with the ones does not mean they will be the starter. You know what you got from Carlos Hyde. He's got a lot of experience in the NFL, three straight years. And so just wait and calm down. Wait till probably preseason game two and three till you start making any judgments. But that's going to be it for us at 49ers Rush. And enjoy the football reports coming out soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.